We've been in a theme for the whole year called More and More, and we've been in a theme recently, a sermon series from the book of Acts called More Power. Does anybody need more power? All right, I need more power. All right, but I don't want the kind of power the world offers, right? Prestige, power, like authority. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, we don't act like that, disciples. We don't lord it over one another. Let the one who wants to be first be last, right? So it's a different kind of power than what this world is teaching. But we've gone through several different things now. The power of the Holy Spirit in chapter 1 through 7. We went through the power of the gospel message, right? And they kind of just be building. You saw the Holy Spirit in chapters 22 through 28. You saw the gospel message in chapter 22 through 28, right? You saw disciples being made in chapters 22. That is the third thing. So the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the gospel message, the power of making disciples. Today, the topic we all love to talk about, the power of complete surrender. Wah, wah, wah. All right. It's like, I need you to die to yourself. Like, that's it. That's hard. Matter of fact, if you try to crucify yourself, if you try to die to yourself, it doesn't work. There is only one person who can crucify you, who can make you dead to self and alive to him. It's God. I would assert to you, and this is a fabulous book that I read about it, um, called Healing for Christians Who Have Been Crucified by Christians. It's a great book. And um, I'll reference it a couple times, but uh, he, it's kind of like a play. Gene Edwards does these like parables. They're kind of like plays. And so it's like, hey, the first act, and we're in a theater, and these people on the stage are doing this thing. And so it's like this play. Well, you're reading it, and it's so profound because it's the thief on the cross and the other thief on the cross. And one is being crucified and doesn't want to be crucified. And the other one is being crucified, doesn't want to be crucified, and then all of a sudden something changes. Jesus. And then all of a sudden he's like, I accept my fate. And he dies. And what happens to him? Today you will be with me in paradise. Now that's the kind of death. Now, we can wait until we're on the cross. We can wait until physically, but I want to assert to you that the thing we're talking about is in our inner man, and it's, it needs to happen spiritually. And baptism, when we do a baptism service, that symbolizes what needs to happen, but that isn't what happens. Like, that's a symbol, but what happens is it's in you. The death of flesh, the death of self, all self-love, all pride, gone, Right? You're like, well, how will I know when I'm completely surrendered? When I'm dead, you'll no longer feel pain. And I'm not talking physically. Because you could still hit your <laughs> thumb and woo-hoo-hoo, ah! There might be something else you say. Okay, but um, when something happens to you, emotionally, mentally, maybe even physically, it won't affect your inner man. You will still have the joy of the Lord. Now, I've done this well, and I've done this poorly. (laughs) 
I've been filled with the Spirit, and I've, I've not been filled with the Spirit at times. And you probably can relate. But we're going to talk today about complete surrender. And not only today, as a matter of fact, the next series that we do, next week will be the power of prayer, power of fervent prayer. Are you ready? Come pray. Let's go. All right. And then the week after that, we're going to be getting into a new series called More Courage. When we get into More Courage, it's from 80 or 62 AD to 95 AD. And if you know anything about the church, it was getting persecuted hard. And so they were literally dying. <laughs> and so we're going to be spending some time on this topic, but I'm going to kick it off today from Acts 21. You're like, what? Anybody? Anybody? What? Huh? I thought we were in Acts 22 through 28. I know, but you got to go back to Acts 21 because Acts 21 where it all starts. So yeah, I could preach 22 through 28. I could probably get the same message from there, but t Acts 21, go ahead, flip, flip your Bible open. Acts 21, 1 through 16 is the most clear and concise way I can get it to you. So I'm going to read these 16 verses. I'm going to give you the sermon in a sentence. All right? One sentence. And we'll go home. No, I'm not going to preach all the parts of the sentence. You know how preachers get. And then we're going to go. All right? So here it is. The reading of the Word of God from Acts 21, verse 1. And when we had parted from them and set sail, we came by a straight course to Kos, and the next day to Rhodes, and from there to Patera. And having found a ship crossing to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set sail. When we had come in sight of Cyprus, leaving it on the left... We saw, we sailed to Syria and landed at Tyre. From there, the ship was unloaded, unloaded its cargo, and having sought out the disciples, power of making disciples, anyone? We stayed there for seven days, and through the Spirit, they were telling Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When our days were ended, we departed and went on our journey. Aren't we on a journey with Jesus? I feel like we're on a journey with Jesus. That's what we're doing. And they all, with wives and children, accompanied us until we were outside the city. And kneeling down on the beach, we prayed and said farewell to one another. Then we went on board the ship and they returned home. It's just like it happened up there in chapter 20, right? They went to the beach, they prayed. It's like coming a pattern of saying goodbye, okay? All right, verse 7. When we had finished the voyage from Tyre, we arrived at Ptolemais. Did you know the P is silent? Yeah. Eh, thanks, Bible app. And we greeted the brothers and stayed with them for one day. On the next day, we departed and came to Caesarea, and we entered the house of Philip, the evangelist. Anybody know who Philip the evangelist is for a candy bar? I feel like I'm in children's church now. Anybody? What's that? Yes. Yes, yes. In chapter 8, he was told to go see the Ethiopian eunuch. Awesome story. But before that, he was one of the seven deacons. 
one of the seven deacons who was appointed in chapter 6. So you see him all the way back in chapter 6, then you see him in chapter 8. Now he's coming up again in chapter 21, Philip the Evangelist, who was, this is like 20 years later, who was one of the seven, that's where I got that from, in Acts 6, and stayed with him. He had four unmarried virgin daughters who prophesied. Now, we've been trying to normalize prophecy, gifts of the Spirit, even in our day and age. I think a lot of people have this idea, like, the Bible's written, boom, God stopped talking. But that's not true. That's a fallacy. And if you believe that, you are missing a relationship with Jesus Christ in a deeper, more intimate way. You, may I say, you're missing what we're talking about, dying to ourselves and, and practicing the inner way. That's the place where God speaks to us. And it does take faith and it does take belief. If you don't believe God speaks, you aren't going to hear him. Unless he pulls a Damascus road on you. Then you'll hear him. Ask Paul. Oh, he's going to talk about that. All right. So here it is. They prophesied. These four, I love that it's four women. Right? Come on now. Blake got up here and did this. A woman could have got up there and done that. Right? She could have got up here and said, and this is what God's saying to us. That's what the Bible says. Praise the Lord. While we were staying for many days, a prophet, another guy, named Agabus, earlier mentioned in Acts, I think chapter 11, came down from Judea, probably from Jerusalem, and coming to us, he took Paul's belt. Can you imagine? Thanks, Paul. Problem is, my microphone was attached to that. Yeah, we're going to get that back on. Woo! Almost lost power. And he goes like this, right? He like binds himself. How do you do that? He's like that. All right, that's how it went, something like that. All right? He took Paul's belt and bound his own feet hand. How do I do that? That must have been a long belt. Anyway, all right. Hopefully my pants stay up. This is entertaining. And coming to us, he took Paul's belt and he bound his own feet in his hands and said, thus says the Holy Spirit. I mean, this is talking with authority. God said, I love that Blake modeled that for us today. Okay, this is how the Jews at Jerusalem, the Jewish leaders, the religious leaders, will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. What? That's exactly what happened when we read this week. This was before that. When they had heard, 65 miles away before that. When we heard this, we, so Luke is there, and the people there encouraged him not to go up to Jerusalem. Don't go, Paul. We'll take the money. Don't do it, Paul. We've got this. There's now several people that have said, it ain't looking good. Holy Spirit says, had a dream, ain't looking good. I see you suffering. I see you be bound by chains. I see you being beaten by people. I see you. Don't go, Paul. 
God does that. He shows things to us. And he showed things to these people. Then Paul answered, Yeah, you're right. I have to yield to the Holy Spirit in you. Right? Is that how it goes? No, you have the Holy Spirit too. Somebody comes up to you, I think you're supposed to marry me, God said. Now, thanks, bro, but you know what? <laughs> Holy Spirit told me no. Right? Like, I mean, I'm making fun. I'm jesting. But you'll know when you hear the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And you'll know when it's supposed to be for somebody else. And it better be done with a lot of love and caution. This isn't like, this isn't like the Wild West. Right? This is with a lot of discernment and a lot of caution. So Paul answered, this is what he answered. This is the longest reading of the scriptures. Okay, what are you doing? Weeping and breaking my heart. Stop, please. For I am ready. Underline that. I am ready. That's the first three words of our sermon. Not only to be imprisoned. Not only to be imprisoned. Not only to suffer. I'm going to suffer well. But even to die. Underline that. Even to die. In Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm ready to suffer well and even die for Jesus' name. That's what he says. And since he would not be persuaded, we ceased and said, let the will of the Lord be done. I think that's a good place to leave it. If there's ever disagreement about who's saying what about the Holy Spirit, let's just wait for God to reveal his will. All right? After these days, we got ready and went up to Jerusalem, and some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us, bringing us to the house of Mason of Cyprus, an early disciple with whom we should lodge. Now listen. That's the spiritual food. But the sermon in a sentence is this. I am ready to suffer well and even die. For Jesus' name. I want to say it again. I want it to set on you. Because it's easy to. It's kind of easy to say. Unless you're going to apply it. I am ready. To suffer well. That's hard. And even die. That could be easier than suffering well. Honestly. In Jesus' name. Let's say it together. I am ready. To suffer well and even die for Jesus' name. Now, I had you say that. That's on me. You don't have to believe that. You don't have to mean what you're saying. Okay? I asked you to repeat after me. I asked you to say it with me. But now, if you would, if you had enough time to think about, do I really want this? Maybe we could say it with conviction. Join me if you want to. Don't have to. Okay? I am ready to suffer well and even die for Jesus' name. And guys, it's coming. We need to be ready. We need more courage. That's why I'm going to spend the next several weeks talking about more courage in the face of trials and tribulations and sufferings and persecutions. Let me break it down for you. 
Let me ask you this first. Complete surrender is being ready to suffer and die for Jesus. So, hey, here's my question. Am I ready? Are you ready to suffer and die for Jesus? I thought what Blake said was awesome. That's a first step. Are you willing to leave your pride? Suffer and die in that way. Maybe rejection. Can you suffer rejection well? Is it worth it to say something to somebody about Jesus, knowing that it may or may not? Now, the Bible says you'll be the aroma of death to those that are perishing. If you stink like death, what do you think their reaction will be? It'll be visceral. There may be vomit involved. It's going to be nasty, gross, right? It's visceral, right? I hate death. Get away from me. But you are the aroma of life to those who are being saved. What do you think that reaction will be? Where have you been? Can I kiss you on the mouth? I love you. I mean, that So the, it doesn't say there's an in-between. It says there's either this or this. Now, there's the gamut. It gives you two buoys. I understand the Bible, right? But why don't we expect it and just know it's going to happen? And why don't we just perfect love cast out fear? We know how much God loves us. Do you need someone else to love you, really? I have the love of God. What else could I want? I'm going to spend eternity with God because of what he did for me. I believe that. And if I believe it, then my behavior must follow. Okay? All right. Let me break it down for you. I, I am ready. Okay? Flip back in your Bible, because I think it can be confusing. You're like, well, the Holy Spirit said not to go. I mean, is anybody thinking that? Holy Spirit told him twice not to go. But if we read the rest of Acts, right, we know the Holy Spirit told Paul he was going to go, and it was going to be this way. So he's like, yeah, of course. God already told me. Thanks. You know, it's good news flash. I appreciate it. I'm not scared. But God, thanks for a reminder again. It's almost like he's like, God's reminding me of what he already said. God's reminding me this isn't going to be a picnic. I'm not going to Hawaii on vacation. God's reminding me. That's what, and they're thinking, God's telling you to run. So you could see how people would look at it differently. Okay, so look back at chapter uh, 20, verse 22 through 24. And now, chapter 20, Acts 20, 22 through 24. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit. Who's, who's taking him to Jerusalem? The Spirit's constrained him to go. Constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there. So I don't have details. But guess what? Did he get some details when these guys had visions? Hey, I see you in chains. Hey, I see that they're going to beat you. Hey, oh, okay, that's more like that. Okay, so not knowing, you know, what will happen there. Except, verse 23, that the Holy Spirit testifies to me, got general now, didn't it, in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. He knows what's coming. He just doesn't know in what form. He's already been stoned to death and left for dead. Didn't we talk about that last week? But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course 
and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So, am I ready? Paul's saying, I'm ready. Let's just use Paul as a case study. How did he get ready? Well, first he killed Stephen. <laughs> Followed God, Abraham, and Moses as closely as possible. Maybe you can relate if you've grown up in church. Then he met Jesus. And Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? The way, the truth, the life. Why me? You are wrong. Don't we all need that moment where religion, God gave me something this week that was just crazy. I wasn't planning to share it, but I'm going to share it quickly. Okay, here it is. I was in a time of the Lord, and, and God was like, this is it. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I grew up in church. It seemed like a good church. It was a good church. We talk about Jesus and faith and all that stuff. But it was religious. If I go back and look at it, it was religious. It was Man trying to get to God, it was earth trying to get to heaven, okay? Do you get that? Man to God, earth to heaven, right? So it's religion. That's what it is. Okay, so I learned a lot of stuff, praise the Lord. Religion's a great thing. It can give you a basis for your faith, but you need that transforming moment. You need that chapter 9 of Acts, I saw God on the road, and I've never been the same before, uh, you know, after, and, and so you need that. So here's, here's what I realized. Through harvest and different things, I realized what I wanted and what I did was I took religion, which is man getting to God, earth going to heaven, works, and I said, I don't want religion. Religion's bad. I want relationship. Isn't that better? Ooh, that sounds good. That's palatable. I want relationship with Jesus. Anybody ever said that? Can I get a raise of hand? Yes, I've said that. I want relationship with Jesus. Here's the thing that God showed me this week. This will just dynamite. Boom! Steve, you changed the terminology, but you didn't change the reality. The terminology, great. Religion to relationship. That's what you changed. You said, I don't want religion. I want relationship. Good terminology change but you didn't change your reality. You still lived the same, even though you used a different word. I want, God speaking, I want a heaven-to-earth mentality, a God-to-man mentality. You need to change your reality. Does that make sense? So now, I want to live in the kingdom of God on earth. I want God in me, inner man, which means I got to die to myself, which means I got to empty myself, which means I got to get rid of some stuff as they come up, as I go through life. And it's going to happen to you too. And it's like, boom. Oh man, that was, I disciplined Quinn the other day. It didn't do go so well. I learned some stuff from that. That's not how I'm going to discipline. That's not showing him that he's in a kingdom where God loves him unconditionally, where mercy and love are the pillars 
sure, what you did is inappropriate. You need to change your behavior, but I'm going to love you to that. Not yell in your face and grab you. You know, it's like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love you to that. So you're going to have things like that. They're going to inform you. They're going to change you. Back to the question. Am I ready? I am ready. How did Paul get ready? He stopped being religious. He was, I mean, if you just go read about Paul, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees, blah, 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 better than you all. He says that. He's like, I count it all as dung. Because Jesus came and showed up on the road to Damascus when I was walking into town to torture people and put them in prison and kill them. Instead, I walked into town blind. I was already blind spiritually. Now I was blind physically. And Ananias put his hands on me. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I could see. Not only physically, but spiritually. I got baptized to show that I was dying to myself and raising to Christ. And I went and told people about Jesus. And he kept doing it. And he kept meeting with Jesus. Crazy. That's how he got ready. So can I ask you? Are you living in religion? Maybe you're calling it relationship. Are you talking heaven to earth? God to man. You're here. Praise the Lord. You have a desire to learn and grow in God. Praise the Lord. Does God want you to be saved? Because if he does, he's coming and he's coming hard. Can you feel that? Embrace that. Accept that. Receive it as from the Lord. And save your eyes. Receive it from him. Maybe you guys haven't read Acts chapter 28 yet. That's today, right? But he says at the end of chapter 28, he says, your ears, they can't hear. And your eyes, they can't see. And your heart, it's dull. And we read those verses and we go, yeah, but not us. And you know what I read? When I read those verses, I go, yeah, that's me. That's me. And you don't need to be ashamed to say that because that's true Christianity. That is me. I don't hear God as well as I should. I don't see God as well as I should. In the kingdom of heaven, do you think you'll see God better? Yeah. I don't trust God with my heart as much as I should. But I want to. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus wouldn't ask us to pray for something that couldn't happen. That was a great spot for an amen. He just wouldn't do it. You're right, preacher, and I want heaven on earth. Let's go. That's what I want to do. All right, second. I am ready to suffer well. So there's so much I could say about suffering. I need to teach you a theology of suffering. I'm going to use the More Courage series to do it. I'm going to keep this really short. So, flip over in your Bible to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm just going to read this for you really quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. 
And uh, I'm picking up right in the middle. It'll start to make sense later. Are they, are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. Both, both. I am talking like a madman. This is Paul. With far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death, five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. They would only do 39, so they didn't kill somebody. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift in the sea. This is like a great movie. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, the Jews, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers. I was in danger from Christians. In toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and in thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. <laughs> he's worried about you. He's worried about me. And he's been through that. That's called death to self. That's what that's called. That's called, I'm not worried about me. I'm not even feeling this pain. I'm living in eternal life. I weep and grieve for you. That's what he's saying. Man, I want to be there. There are times I weep and grieve for you. I'll read a connect register or something. I'll be like, oh, God, they're hurting. Would you help them? And then there are times where I'm like, I'm just a normal dude, right? Like, I'm like, God, would you help me? I need your help. I want to be selfless. I want to suffer well. Man, I went through the last three years, okay, but not as well as I want to. There were so many days I didn't suffer well, and I wish I could go back and do it again. Like, oh, don't wish that. I, I want to do it better. I want to suffer well, but that's why God brings suffering into your life. So don't weep and mourn about it. Just as you grow, as you suffer, learn how to suffer more and more. And well, okay? It's not a bad thing. So that's the other thing I wanted to say. Suffering has this bad rap. Like it's a bad thing. Like if you suffer, somehow you're not good. Did you ever have the perspective that if you're suffering, God's doing something in your inner man that you can't see that's invisible? We all want that. So maybe embracing the ex external suffering. All right. I am ready to suffer well and even die. <laughs> I mean, they might come a time, right? I mean, I think we all look at this and we're like, well, not in America. Just in other countries. I brought these books here. Um, this is Fox's Book of Martyrs talking about the old people that got killed by God. Um, but this is like fresh. This is a lot of other nations, but not a lot from America. But there are some stories. If you'd like to read that book, you can take it, bring it back, though. I would like to have it. 
called Jesus Freaks. It's by DC Talk. It's just martyrs. And it might help you to even die <laughs> to yourself and be willing to someday. In 2015, in Oregon, uh, a community college, this guy, um, Chris Harper Mercer, killed nine people and injured uh, at least seven people. If you read the article, here's, here was the statement. He'd walk up to somebody, he'd say, are you a Christian? And if they said yes, they'd, he'd kill them. Sounds like Columbine was kind of like that too. These are demonic acts. Well, if we want to see God's power and we want to see God move here, do you think we're going to see some demonic activity? Did you read a verse about that, like, in the last couple of days? Turn from the power of Satan. Do you know Satan has some power? To the Lord. It was in there. I can't remember exactly where, but I read it. I think it was in chapter 27. And it was powerful. Satan has some power. Little P. But God has ultimate power. And that's what we're seeking. So if we're seeking that, you better be strapping up, be ready for whatever comes our way. All right? Okay. I am ready to suffer well and even die, says in Philippians 1.21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. To die is gain. To die is eternal life. To die is to see Jesus face to face. Now, if that's physical death, can you imagine what spiritual death looks like? Because spiritual is always 10 times better than physical, right? So if you could actually die to yourself, to your flesh, do you think you might see Jesus? I'm just going to go there. I think you might, right here on earth, be in communication with Jesus if you could learn how to die to yourself. Just saying. The ultimate healing is death whether it's spiritual or physical. I am ready to suffer well and even die for the name of Jesus. Uh, for Jesus' name. Would you do it for anybody else? I'd maybe die for my wife and kids. Probably. But would you do that for anybody else? No, but for the name of Jesus? Yep. Why? Well, that's kind of weird, isn't it? No, here's how it goes. If you are willing to die in Jesus' name, you'd be willing to die for anyone else. John sa uh, uh, Paul says in Romans chapter 10, I would be accursed. I would go to hell if the Jews could be saved. That's death to self. I've often wanted to pray that, said some prayers like, God, you know, and then it's like, do I really mean that? Do I really mean that? That I want to go to hell if everybody else in Rochester could go to heaven? Do I really mean that? I'm ready to suffer well and even die for Jesus' name. There's so much more I could say. There's so much more I could read. There's just so many things. Um, but I need to be done. And so... Hopefully it's clear. Is it clear? Church, Lift Church, Rochester, Minnesota, wants to see revival, wants to see everybody in Rochester and the surrounding areas hear about Jesus. They can accept or deny. I, that's on them. 
I want to hear him hear it. I want to hear him see it. I want to, I want to see him see it. Okay? I don't care if it takes signs, wonders, miracles. I don't care. God parts the sky and says, hey, Rochester, I love you. Whatever it takes, I want to see it. But church, we need to be ready. And the thing we need to be ready to do is I am ready, right, to suffer well. We're going to suffer. Let's do it well and increasingly so. And even die spiritually, spiritually, someday, earthly. You won't be willing to die for Jesus' name earthly if you weren't willing to die for him spiritually. All right, let's just say that. In Jesus' name. All right? All right, let me pray. Father God, thank you. This has been a powerful, powerful thing. And, man, you're teaching us so much. This is not an easy topic, and it's hard for us to embrace. As we try to embrace it, um, sometimes we mess it up. So, God, could we just yield to you and say, God, would you help us to understand the power of complete surrender? Would you teach us through suffering and other means, through joy, how to suffer well? It's not easy. But you're with us. And that makes our burden light. And joy a possibility. We choose joy now as we walk out, no matter what we're suffering from. No matter what we'll face this week, no matter what we've faced in the past, we choose joy now. We choose to yoke under, uh, put on the yoke with you and let you pull the sled. Thank you, God. We yield. In Jesus' name, amen.